Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. I love to tell stories about my childhood, and sometimes, sometimes I would get to go over to my grandparents' house, and it was a big deal, because when I got to go over there, they would teach me all the country stuff. You know, you stay in the project some, you'd go over there, you learn the country stuff, and they were like, hey, we're going to learn to shell butter beans, we're going to do all that. One of, the, one of the bigger things that was so neat to me, one of the bigger uh, things that was so neat to me is we'd sit out there and we'd shell butter beans until your fingernails, your thumbnails were sore. You know what I'm talking about? You'd, you'd do it, you, your thumbnails, they were green and they were sore. I mean, it looked like you'd been picking your nose with your thumb. I mean, it was bad. But you, you just, but man, your, your, your thumb was, was hurting so bad. But, but listen, they'd have, the, they'd have the front windows open and, and they'd be listening to George Strait and all those guys and the country music be pouring through and we'd just be shelling butter beans. It was a, it's weird the way my different worlds worked, but there, there was something they would always do. People would come, that was when people would come by and sit on the porch. That's when people would come by and they'd sit on the porch and you'd talk for a long time. And I'd hear, listen, my papa's lies got bigger and bigger and bigger. They, I'm serious. That, you, you think that's like, you know, it's kind of a funny thing, but it was the truth. I mean, all of his war stories, he got tougher, bigger. He slapped the sergeant. He did all that stuff. You know, I mean, it was, it was good. And, and I always liked to see how he, would, how he would add to the story every time. He'd add a few sentences to each story. I was like, Papa, that's, that's cool. I, that's, that's a neat story. Last time you said this, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I really whipped him. Okay, so it was good. But people would come and they'd sit on that porch. But if you ever went to somebody's house, and there's still a few like this, but you go to their house, they're the older, I mean, they're, they're, they're the older ones. But you go to their house and you, you sit there on the porch for a little while, but about the time you were getting ready to leave, I mean, it'd, be, it'd take you five or six times trying to leave. And they'd always say, going so soon? they say, do you really have to go? Do you, do you really have to go somewhere? I mean, come on. You can stay a little while long. You ain't got nothing to do at the house. And they meant it. You know, there's some people who say that and really want you to leave. I know what's talking about. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, but in this case, they, they really wanted you to stay. And when you, finally, when you finally were able to break free, when you had said all you could possibly say about all the people and all the gossip, then you said, then you said bye. And they say, wait, 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 wait. Before you go, come inside. I want to give you something. And they go to the freezer. They'd go to the freezer, and they'd always have those square containers, those clear square containers of soup that they had, that they had frozen in their, in their in, in the, and they would say, hey, you take about five or six, and you're trying to balance all this, this sliding icy stuff. You're like, thank you, thank you, and they'd hand you corn, and they'd hand you all this, and you're getting out of there, man. You're just like, but I'm serious. This was a normal thing. When you went to see somebody, and they were a friend, this was, this was normal. And Papa had, Papa had some odd friends. and really did. I heard about a guy came by, and he saw his buddy digging a hole, and he had these post hole diggers, and he, post hole diggers and stuff, and he was digging this hole, and he said, what you doing there? He said, well, I'm digging a hole. He said, well, what's wrong? with a hole right beside it he said it ain't deep enough well that's a problem <laughs> but I, that's the kind of people my papa hung around I mean it's just sort of true but 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 here, here's the thing here's the thing folks here, here, here here's what the Lord sometimes Lord sometimes will look at us and say do you really have to go see we can walk out of a church service and although we love the Lord that can really be the end of our worship 
That can, that can be the end of our day spiritually. We, we'll go out those doors and, and, and the rest of the week, oh, Monday's here. We got to really go. We got to go. Got to go. Got to get this done. This And we, and we, and we forget them along the way. And, and, and God says, listen, you're, you're going to go out there and you're going to turn the world. You're going to turn to the world for all of your needs. You're going to turn to the world for all of your needs. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to go anywhere. And even just because you leave a building don't mean you got to leave my presence. Just because you leave building, if you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. Folks, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. You know the story, but we're not going to stay long in the story. There's a particular phrase that Jesus uses that I want to stick to tonight, okay? Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the city. See, sometimes Jesus had to get away. He had to get away, just for a little rest, just for a little rest. But they found out where he was, and they followed him. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Victuals, that's uh, Greek for Chick-fil-A. But Jesus said unto them, they, listen, they need not depart. They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. You may be seated. Folks, here they are. Jesus is having compassion on these folks. He comes. These crowds are following him everywhere. And when they follow, it wasn't like you could stop at Circle K. You couldn't stop at the local restaurant. You couldn't grab you something to eat on the way to see Jesus. For the most part, there may have been some little markets you could have gotten some things at. You could have bought some fruits. You could have bought some vegetables. You could have done those kind of things. But, but it wouldn't have been every road. It wouldn't have been every crack and crevice. It wouldn't have never been every corner. It wouldn't have been every mid, uh, uh, intersection. It would have just been sparse. So the likelihood is they follow him in there. They're all sitting around trying to listen to him they're all trying to listen to him and Jesus has compassion on them they need to eat you know the disciples come to him and say hey they're hungry these guys have been following you forever they need to go home and eat and he says something really cool he says they don't need to go anywhere they don't need to go anywhere someone rides in a car over here to our church and we're hoping we can help them that we can help them financially or we can, we can give them some food or maybe we can give some bags of food. We don't even know sometimes we, whether they're mentally ill, whether they're you know, on drugs, whether any of those things like that. And, and here's the thing, here's the thing. When you get into the presence and you're nervous all the way here and you, get, you finally buy a church and you're so nervous because there's something so different about where you are and all this. And God says to his people, I'm talking to his people tonight. And he says, you don't have to go anywhere. How many husbands or how many wives walk out the doors or how many, how many times have people been abandoned in life? First thing we need to understand is this. You don't have to go hungry. You don't have to go hungry. See, you don't have to go. You don't, you don't have to go. And by hungry, it could mean physically, it could mean all those things if you just ask all of that. And, and, and I understand all that. But getting quiet before God, you, you don't have to go hungry. Here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. We can come into a church sometimes, and I do this sometimes myself, and I can leave and say, man, I really got filled up. I was telling the staff this tonight. I really got filled up. I was filled. Man, this, that worship was so good, I was filled. And God can leave your service empty. See, I can be filled and God can be empty in the sense that he didn't get much out of the worship service because maybe it was for me more than him. 
Maybe it was catered for me more than him. But God says, listen, listen, you're hungry and you come in here. Those who, those who come to me who are hungry, those who seek after righteousness, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake, those who hunger, they shall be filled. And he says, when you come in those doors, I will fill you. It need not be, it need not be our music, which is wonderful. It need not even be sometimes how I say something or a a sermon by Chad or anybody else is here. It's it's not necessarily those things. It's God's spirit. Folks, when they walk in these doors, and I'm sure it's true of many places, but folks, when they walk in these doors, they say there's something different. There's something different. And we sing, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the Spirit of the Lord. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know it is. And he says, you don't have to leave hungry. Sometimes God does, though. He says, man, I came to the service today. I sat on the front row. I was the guest of honor, and I thank you for making me the guest of honor, but I never once heard you really give it for me. It was like, oh, you left today, and you said, I really didn't get much out of the worship service today. It wasn't for you. It wasn't catered for you. It was catered to give glory to God. God said, when you came in here, I'll feed you. You don't have to go anywhere. Why do we go to the world for food? Why do we do that? Folks, I remember one of the most uh, tough, one of the toughest, toughest mission trips I ever went on was to Haiti. I tell folks this all the time. One of the toughest ones I ever went on was to Haiti. Let me give you, uh, and I'm kind of going off course a little bit, but I want you to hear the story. This is really just me and you. We're talking, the Lord wants to know why we're leaving him when we don't have to. And and I want you to understand something. There's a young man that came to me in the 830 service a couple of years ago. I shared this story. A young man came to me and so was talking to me about his brother. He was very, very uh, down. He was uh, depressed and all. He he uh, had served time in the Navy. Young man, 22 years old, 23, somewhere in there, had served time in the Navy, but he went over to Haiti after all the mudslides and stuff. This has been years ago. After all the mudslides and stuff, he was a young man. He'd grown up wanting to be in the Navy. Family had been in the Navy. He said, I'm going to be in the Navy one day. I'm, I can't wait to be in the Navy. And he got in the Navy, and he was excited, and he, he loved it. And then he went to Haiti in those mudslides. And, folks, it was his job to incinerate bodies. Young boy, 21, 22 years old. And this friend of his was telling me, and the parent, his parents even told me later, but he was telling me, he said, said listen, listen, uh, uh, I just want to uh, uh, tell you this, what's happening to him. He's having, Ryan, he's having, to, he's having to throw babies in there. He said there were so many children and so many adults, and listen, I don't know the truth behind it. I just know what the military, what his people were telling me. There were so many bodies that they didn't have time to check them. They'd been there for so long, they assumed them dead. Now, I'm sure they checked them. I'm not, I'm not trying to claim anything, folks. I don't, I don't need 10,000 emails. But I'm saying what they told me. They didn't have time. There were so many that they would incinerate an awful lot of them on the walk. And it was, it's basically a, a, a mass cremation, if you will. So that young man, when he came home, he wasn't the same anymore. He wasn't the same anymore. Mom and dad couldn't get through to him, and he just he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to be around anybody. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. You, you, you talk about the evil of the devil getting inside of a mind and beginning to see. See, here's the thing, folks. Human beings weren't me- meant to, be a, to see all that massacre. They, they weren't meant to see that. One day, mama found him. He had, ta- he had taken his own life. She found him in the barn. He had taken his life. 
that same country I went to in Haiti. And I walked in there, man, and I'm telling you, I felt such evil. I didn't feel that in Africa. But Haiti, I walked around, there was so much voodoo and devil worship and all these things like that. But, it, but let, me tell you, let me tell you a story. We were driving by and there was this awful stench and stuff and we were going by this, uh, we were going by this gas station and there was smoke coming up and everything. And I said, hey, they're out there barbecuing because I had not seen a store yet. I was like, hey, you know, this is, I can go in here and get me soda pop. Well, anyway, so they were like, no, no, you don't want to go in there. I said, well, what are they doing out there? He said, well, they're cooking horse meat. And I said, they're cooking horse. And you got to be, you got to understand. I mean, I figured, hey, it's cultural, whatever. You know, I don't know what the deal is. I said, no, 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 they wouldn't even eat it normally either. They just don't have anything to eat. There's so much other food out there in the stores and stuff, just right down the road and things, but they were eating a horse that had died. They're likely to get sick and die themselves. I don't know. I mean, they're likely to get very sick. I sat there and thought to myself, I wonder how many of us settle for the world's food instead of what God's offering. Jesus says this. He says, where are you going? Why do you leave here and go to television? Why do you go here and go to Hollywood? Why do you go to here and go to these books? Why do you go here for this? He says, tell them they do not have to depart. Tell them, bring them to me. Bring them to me and I will feed them. Bring them to me. These people, listen, listen, they, they, they turn to entertainment, they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to the human praise, they turn to busyness, they turn to sexual sin, they turn to temptation, all this stuff. Folks, I have been in lands in Africa. We were, I don't know what they were putting on my plate, but there were times, listen, <laughs> there were times, and I, just, I, I, I don't mind eating some of their stuff, but they would bring fish out there that had been hanging up, and these fish would have their eyes looking at me, you know, and I'd be looking at these fish, and I'd be like, hold on a second now. I'm not not spoiled, but there's flies over his fish, and, and, and the eyeballs are pointing at How many of you, <laughs> I got tickled. How many of you remember Sanford and Son? Amy, my Amy said she had never, ever seen an episode of Sanford and Son. I said, baby, so I was doing this. I was writing down about the, the, the fish I'd eaten in Africa. I was writing that as a note, and I said, do you remember what Esther used to say uh, to Fred Sanford? She'd call him a fish-eyed fool, amen? <laughs> I know some fish-eyed fools. I know they're all in Congress, praise God. But, 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 but here, they put that fish out there. They put that fish out there. And it'd be all I could do to stomach just a little bit. You know, every time they weren't looking, I like to starve to death. Every time they weren't looking, I'd take that fish because there were some cats and dogs and I'd say, Phew. they just thought I ate the bones and all, man. Like, Pink meat, they put this... We come in for breakfast, they bring this stuff in there that looked like the consistency of, of bologna, but it was bright pink. And I was like, what is this? You know? But how many people in the world do it? God right here has filet mignon. His word, you open it up, you can smell the bread. Fresh bread, you can smell it. Oh, but we'll go out there and we'll settle for the manure the world has for us. He says, wait a second. He says, you don't have to go. Don't go anywhere. Tell them they don't have to go out there. Bring them to me. I will feed them. Here's another thing, folks. Here's another thing, folks. There's no need to go unused. I'm going to try to move through some points real quick. But uh, I went to Steve the other day, and he and I were sitting down. And 
I got inspired for, by some people who, who, who've been here a short time. But I said to him, I said, Steve, let me ask you a question about the children's ministry. He said, okay. I said, I know how difficult it can be if you try this, but I'm going to ask you a question. He said, what is it? I said, what about getting children here who don't have their parents here? What, how hard would it be to deal with a bunch of Ryans running around your church? Oh, I know the answer. It'd be very, very hard. It'd be very hard. I said, the devil's got them right now. <laughs> how hard would it be? He said, Ryan, I'd love nothing more. The problem is people. I do not have them. We beg, we borrow, and we steal to try to get the ones we have. And listen, it can get hard. Before anybody thinks I'm down on them, you got Teresa Herring who's been in the nursery for 5,000 years and never gets to come to a service. And now she's, she's like, hey, can we find somebody that can do this for a little while? Not because she doesn't love children and not because she hasn't been served. She's been serving her heart out because she's not, she's not getting fed. I said, Steve, how hard it would be? He said, man, it would be easy, buddy. We could do it. We could, we could do everything. We could do everything we needed to do. We could have the children's ministry out of this world. He said, but the problem is, man, you got to have extra people in there because these kids are coming from backgrounds. You don't know what. And they're coming in here, and they're going to they're gonna be a little rough around the edges. They're going to be this, that, and the other. And people are going to say, why are you bringing those kids? And why are you bringing these kids? Why are you be doing that? He says, I get it all. He said, all I need is people. All I need is people, and, and, and all I need is some people who are willing to get a few scars every now and then, because <laughs> you will. Serving the Lord, Jesus says, Jesus says, you don't have to go unused. See, see, the world out there, you're going out there, you're doing your job, and you're doing it well. You're working as though you're working for the Lord, and this secular job, you're doing a fantastic job. And God says, you don't even have to go out there to be used. I can use you right here. I can use you right here in a hundred different places. I, I, can, I can use you, I promise you. And I know children, look, that's just one area of our church. And I'm not trying to super pressure him, but I'm telling you, that's just one area of our church. And I, and I get all that. But he says, I can do amazing things if I just had the people in there. And I know kids can be hard. I told the folks one time, I said this. I said, this little kid, this little kid was, uh, she was, she was so good. You know, there's little, little girls and they got, they got stuff all over their face and stuff. And she was eating this, you know, them packaged pickles. And it was a big old giant pickle. And she was eating it, Steve. And she was having a good time. And, and she came in there and she said, Mama, I killed a fly. I killed a fly. And she had it in this hand and she was eating on the pickle. Mama went and washed the hand. Went and washed her hand and took care of washing her hand and stuff like that. And she said, honey, I, you got to be clean and all. But uh, I got to ask you, how did you kill the fly? She said, I hit it with my pickle. Amen? <laughs> I hit it with my pickle, Steve. But those are the kind of kids you're going to get here. <laughs> those are the kind of adults you're going to get here. <laughs> but Jesus says, they don't have to go away to be used. They can be used right here. We'll find a way to use you. God says, I, I got so much for you. I, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to get my scars, God said. Jesus said, I'm willing to get my scars and go to the cross. I told Sunday school this morning, I'm about to be on the next point, but I told him this morning, I said, I said guys, let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I said, what if you are a dog lover? If you're a dog lover, raise your hand. 
If you, you love dogs, here's the thing. What if you knew all of those dogs, all of the dogs across the world, you were a human being that had special power, and all the dogs across the world were suffering, and they were suffering horribly, and they could not get up. They couldn't hardly walk. They couldn't walk without holding your hand. But these dogs, these dogs were just doing the, the best they could, but they were struggling so. And you decided as a human being, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a dog. I'm going to become an old beat-up dog. And I'm going to go, and I'm going I'm I'm to be amongst them, and I'm going to help them, and I'm going to teach them how to be strong and how to walk and how to do all those things. But you know what? They grab you and they attack you because they're hurting dogs. You know, hurting people hurt people. That's why you get hurt. When you get hurt by somebody, it's because they're hurting somehow. I can promise you that. I don't like to get hurt either. But these dogs start attacking you, and they start tearing you from limb to limb, and they start doing all these things. And finally, they even murder you. But in murdering you, what they don't realize is you have paid a price for all of them. And you say, Ryan, why are you why are you saying that's like becoming a dog, what Jesus did? Because Jesus is God. And he says, he says, you know what? I'm willing to lower myself enough to become a human being and to come here and walk amongst the people and be a light and to love them and heal them and walk with them and do all these things for them. And yet those humans took him and tore him and beat him and, and, and nailed him to a cross and all those things. Folks, listen, he came to us when he didn't have to. He became human when he didn't have to. Oh, to lower him so low as for you to become a dog as for him to become a human and he became a human he said I'm going to save them all all they got to do is believe all they got to do is believe but here's the thing my uh my uncle Ron he was a police officer he worked at the very first Home Depot very first Home Depot he was a security guard he'd do it at night he said Ryan when they first opened they didn't have a whole lot of inventory. He said what they would do is they would go in there with empty boxes. They'd go in there with empty boxes and they'd stack empty boxes on the shelf to look like they had a whole bunch of inventory. And they, those people would walk in there and they'd be like, oh man, this is a big old shop. They got a bunch of stuff. Hey, let's buy one of these and buy one of these. And before you know it, it grew and grew and grew and grew. He said, but, but a lot of times, he said uh, Arthur Blank and the other owner would go out there and they, they would give people money to go in. They'd give them $5 bills to go in. This is back in the 80s, you know. He said, I, I give them $5 bills to go in there and, and, and just shop. Just go in there and shop. Empty boxes up on the shelf. Somebody say, oh, Ryan, don't, don't you want a full church? Don't you, don't you want a full church? Yes, I do, but I don't want a bunch of empty boxes. I don't, I don't want a bunch of empty boxes. See, see what, I, what I want is I want people who say, you know what, I want to be actively involved in the revival coming. I want to be a piece of what's about to happen. And listen, you say, oh, listen, it sure looks good when everybody's sitting in the pews and it's all full and stuff like that. But my goodness gracious, that's just for you to go around and brag about numbers. That's just, that's just all that is, is bragging numbers. All that is, is that ministerial stuff. Oh, yeah, we had this many on Sunday. We had, yeah, but listen to me. How many people are act- actively involved in seeing the revival come? How many of are actively involved, or are we empty boxes in the pews? We come and sit, but there's nothing, there's nothing of, uh, uh, of what you're, you're, there's nothing of value that you're giving to the Lord within the church. You say, oh, I'm writing a check. That's all fine. We appreciate that. But what are you doing for your service? Jesus says, listen, I'm telling you, you don't have to go anywhere. Why are you leaving? Here's another thing. There's no need to go without. There's no, there's no need to go without. Here's what I want you to know, folks, here right here. 
There's no need to go without his presence. I don't have a blank for that if you're feeling it. There's no need to go without his presence. There's no need. Look, look, look. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, when they said this morning that Lance couldn't legally write tickets because he's Deacon of the Week, I shouted. Here's the thing. How many of you, how many of you, I do because I, I, there's always something wrong with my vehicle that, that they could pull me over for. I know there is. How many of you get nervous when the police get behind you? <laughs> Kayla says she, speed up, she speed, speeds up. Here's, I, I get nervous when the police are behind me, but you know who I'm going to call if I'm ever in trouble. The Lord's the Lord's presence with you sometimes, sometimes a little frightening. You're like, oh, am I doing this? Am I doing this? Am I, am, am, am I right? Am I, am I? No, that's not what the Lord's doing. They're not there to harass you. He's not there to harass you. He's going to pull back just enough to make sure that you're okay. And he's going to watch to see if you're, obey, if you're obeying. He's going to do all those things. He's there watching. Oh, but who are we going to call when we get in trouble? We're going to call him. His presence, his love, you don't have to go without it. He says, why do you keep, why do you keep turning to everything else that's out there? Why don't you turn to me instead? Psalm 139 says this, where can I go from your spirit? You don't have to go anywhere. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become a night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you and the night shine like the day for darkness is light to you. He says, where can I go? And, and, and it said, King James, if I go to the pits of hell itself, if I t- make my bed in hell, you'll be there with me and God says you turn to everything but me he says go get them hurry up go get them go get them before they forget tell them to come back they don't have to go all out there they don't have to go anywhere men tell them to come back tell them to come back they don't have to go anything I'm telling you his favor his favor you know what his favor looks like Somebody says, oh, that's when you're rich and you're blessed and all that kind of stuff. You just got everything you ever wanted. Let me tell you what blessing looks like. Amy and I, oh my goodness. I'm a poor mouth for a minute. Amy and I, there was, I mean, this is, we were te- I was teaching Sunday school. She actually, it was so neat the other day. She brought me a, it was the Parable of the Talents children's book. Bobby, it was Parable of the Talents children's book. She bought that for me because she said, I didn't even remember this. She said, that's the very first Sunday school lesson you ever taught when we were in college, because I, I, I had forgotten that like latter end of my college years, I was trying to make things right with well, God. I was working through that and everything. And I, they actually let me teach Sunday school and it was the parable of the talents. And, 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 I, and I, got to, I got to looking at all that and I got to looking at the story and all and, and everything, that was, everything that was involved in the story. And, and, uh, but back in those days, we, we, Sammy, we didn't have squat. We didn't have squat. And... Uh, Man, we could Man, if the washing machine broke, we were trying to find a used one. Man, it's just the truth. Some of us are still doing that. I will probably still buy a used one, just something cheap. But man, let me tell you something. We'd, uh, we'd say, okay, this is going to be, there was one time it went down and we had no money. None. We tithed like we were supposed to, but we had no money. <laughs> and I went in to Sunday school that morning. This was over Rock Springs. It just started there and we were, we were, we were making the ends meet. We were doing all that. Amy was working her tail off. I was working my tail off. 
Man, we just didn't have any money. I walked in there, and uh, we had found, here's the thing about it. We had found a washing machine at a used place, you know, you get the used appliances, and we walked in there, and we said, okay, that's the one we want. I said, okay, we got to come up with a couple hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars. Okay. We believed God was going to bring it. God was going to bring it. See, we didn't believe for a new one. We believed he had to give us what we needed, right, amen? Our daily bread. So I was standing there, I was teaching. God walks up to me out of nowhere. I'm, there's nobody that knew this, just Amy and I, because, you know, we showed up here. We were, we were just putting a, there was, you know, we didn't put it on Facebook. We need a washing machine. Guy walks up to me and says, Ryan, I don't even know. You know. Nobody knew where we were financially. He said, I don't even know why I'm supposed to do this, but here's $200. <laughs> I said, I know. <laughs> I took that $200 and we went and got us a washing machine. See, you say, well, God's blessing. You don't have to go without his blessing. You got to figure out what his blessing is. Stop, stop making up lies about what God's supposed to do and what he's going to do. He, he wants to help you. He wants to get you through. He wants to help you through it. You don't, you don't have to go without. You don't have to go without his blessing. You don't have to go. You don't have to do any of those things, folks. You don't have to go without his favor. He loves you. Here's another thing. You don't have to go. You don't have to go lonely. There are people who are around so many others. Somebody said today, they asked this question. I can't remember who it was. I think it was in staff meeting. And uh, before you gasp, before you gasp and go, oh, my gosh, just hear me out, okay? Someone asked, they said, will we ever get back to the place where we can shake hands in church? And, 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 well, and I said, you know, the whole thing we used to do, you know, where we, we went around, we'd, we'd shake hands and you know, I, by, even before COVID, I was fist bumping and things like that. He said, will we ever get back to that? And I said, not anytime soon. And he said, well, that's not leadership. Well, listen to me carefully. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It's not time for that yet. Okay, it's, it's just not. It, it, you know, getting around, and we're just now getting to the point where we're comfortable. It's crazy. It's sad. But let's just do like we're doing for now. Let's ease back into this. Like any other relationship, like any other relationship, let's ease back into it. There are a lot of people who are still scared. They're coming in here because they got courage, because they got courage, okay? We're not going to bash them, they, but they're here because they have courage and they're sitting here, but they don't want everybody coming up to them and loving on them like we used to do, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. This has been the loneliest year for me in my life. I'm a, I'm a people person. I'm a shake, my hand, shake your hand kind of guy. I love to pat people on the back. I love to tell men that I love, I love them. And I don't mind telling them I love them. If you've got a problem with that, hey, listen, then there's Victor who will kiss you, okay? I don't do that. <laughs> He's not back there right now, but he knows I love him. Hey, I love you, Victor. I love you, Victor. I'm not going to kiss you, but I love you. But folks here, they're an old... You know what they said? Past 15 years, mental illness has risen 65%. And it's because they're lonely. Getting to hospitals where I can't even imagine. I was sure hoping, I was so hoping that I wouldn't have to go to the hospital with COVID and, and, and not have Miami beside me. I, I can't imagine what that was like. 
But you know what Jesus says? You know, you, in India, there's a city there where they will walk eight miles with somebody on a push cart to get them to the doctor. That's friendship. Jesus says, all these people who are walking away, a world that's walking away, tell them you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to leave. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't, listen, you're, you're, you're going to the world. You're walking away. You're lonely. Don't, don't, don't try to go to the world. Don't try to, get your, don't try to get all of that from the world. Don't try to get your, your satisfaction from the world. Don't try to get it from uh, extramarital affairs. Don't try to get it from anything outside of your marriage. Don't try to get it from your television, from Hollywood. Don't try to get it from any of these things. You must get your love and your, and your companionship from Jesus or it will be worthless. He says, you need not go anywhere. I am right here, yet you're so isolated and you're so alone, it seems like. I'll tell you a story that I often tell, but I love it. Not love it because it's a good story, but love it because it illustrates what I'm talking about. I'm almost done. Almost done. This man one time, even back when telephone booths were a big deal, I don't know if you guys remember those or not. <laughs> Can't even imagine having to go inside of one of those and call somebody and close the door. But that's what he did. A man had called a local newspaper. It was in Chicago. True story. He called him and he said this. He said, uh, my daughter was killed a couple of years ago in a fire, and that's all I had left. That's all I had left, my daughter. Her name was Shirley Lee. His name was James Lee, but her name was Shirley Lee. He said, we got no family. He said, I had to, I had to pay people to fill up the church just so my daughter could have a good funeral. He's talking to the, and, and the reporter realizes what's about to happen and, and already frantic and they're trying to trace a line like they did. You can do that easily now, but it's, back then it wasn't so easy and they were trying to f- figure all this out and they were a newspaper, big newspaper and they're trying to get, the, they're trying to trace the line and all. He said, he said listen, he said, uh, he said, I miss her and, and I'm, I, I'm, 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 this is the address I'm at, but uh, I just want you to know that Everything that I'm leaving, everything I'm leaving behind, I, I'm donating to a school over here and hoping that maybe if they'll make a little plaque for somebody will walk by and see the name of her name and just remember her. The newspaper journalists are saying, listen, we can, we can help you. We can do some things. Let us get to you. Let's talk to you. Let us help you. All these different things. Who knows if either of them are believers. It wasn't part of the story, but, but, but he said, I can help you. I can help you. And the next thing you know, there's a click. There's a click. When they find him, he had taken his life in the phone booth. He shot himself. Folks, let me, let me tell you something. This is happening all around us. Folks are lonely. Folks need church. Folks need to be in the pews. Not just in the pews, but filled with the Holy Spirit. People, people listen to me, listen to me. He says... This is what Jesus is saying to you. You don't have to turn to that. Go get them. Tell them to come back. You don't have to, they don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go. Stay with me. 
Stay with me. I'll be there. I'll do whatever I got to do to help you through this. And listen, it's tough and it's hard. And all of these things can be can leave scars on you and can do so much. Oh, but that you would taste the goodness of God. He says, why are you turning your back? Why are you leaving? Where are you going? Why are you leaving this all? Why are you, why, why are you leaving me when you can stay here right here with me? How many people in this room who come every Sunday need more of the presence of God? There's no need to go away. When I was, I I actually wrote this in the uh, bulletin today. That's your last, uh, that's your last point. (laughs) I'm talking to somebody right now. There's no need to go away. When I was a little boy, I was at the primary school in Barnesville. <laughs> I told this in the I told this in the little in the bulletin. But uh we had fire drills. And those fire drills, they come in there and I didn't know this is my very first fire drill. I'm in kindergarten. I'm from the projects. You yell fire, I'm running. But they wanted you to line up, but they came in there and said, we're having a fire drill. I said, looked over at my, I had a friend named Tyrone, black boy. We were friends. I called him Tyrone Macaron, Macaron. I said, Tyrone, what are they talking about? <laughs> he said, he said a fire drill. And me and Tyrone ran out of school, holding tail, teacher hollering at us. No, nah, you ain't catching me. I was scooting. I got on out of there, but I got a whipping later. <laughs> well, but I'm like getting a whipping, and I told him, I said, guys, this is, this, is, this, this is awful. And they said, listen, you, you got to stay with us. You try, to, you try to run out ahead of us, and you can get hurt. You try to leave without me. Are you hearing me? You try to leave without me and try to leave without my presence and try to leave without me, you're bound, to, you're bound to be in some bad place. You're bound to get yourself in bad places. Oh, listen, all in the midst of this, he said, listen, I, and I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Oh, my goodness, if you're trying your best to row, you're trying your best to row, if you ever stop rowing, folks, you're going to drift. But here's who I'm talking to tonight. Because I knew on a Sunday night I'd be talking to believers for the most part. What you've done is this. You came to listen about Jesus. But you're about to go out back out there to the world. He says, you don't need to go. Sure, you got to leave the building. But you can take the presence of God wherever you go. You can, you can take the presence of God wherever you go. And listen, but some of you, some of you got in your boat. I've done this before now. Some, some of you got in your boat. And you leaned back to rest for just a minute. And you never tied your boat off. And you got a good nap, like most people do when I preach. You got a good nap. But when you opened your eyes, Matt, you were miles away. And God says, you don't have to go anywhere. Don't trust them. He said, and listen, 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 this is the great thing about it. He tells the disciples, You feed them. What's our job? 
to heal, to help, to keep them from being lonely, to stand with them, to keep them, strengthen them, help them, bring them in here, teach them the gospel, get them saved, all of those things. He says the way they're going to have the presence of God is you are going to be the presence of God. You are going to have Jesus in you. You are going out to a world who desperately needs you. They don't need to go anywhere. You go to them and bring them to me. He says, you go to them, you bring them to me. You feed them, you heal them, you help them, you build them, you, you bring them up, you work through them, you use them, you supply for them, you be a friend to them, you do all of these things, folks. He says, you don't have to drift anymore, folks. You don't have to drift. Folks, here's what, here's what I want you to do. We leave here tonight. If it's not you, you know somebody who's drifting. Oh, you know them. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give them a call. I don't want you to talk about, hey, how come you wasn't in church? I don't want you to say, I don't want you to say, how, what are you doing, man? This is the, what does what, what your life come to, man? Why is this happening? Why have you been away for so long? This is what I want you to do. Call them up and say, I miss you. I miss you. They need to hear from you tonight. You say, I miss you. And say these words and see if they'll ask a question about it. Say, Jesus tells me to tell you, you don't have to go away. Everything you need is right here in Jesus. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.